about to get rich. Welcome to the plug with Bushy and the Mountain Man. Ask not what your country can do for you. Ask what you can do for your country. Together, we will make America great again. Skater. 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 Hail Mary. Hey, 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 hey! What up, bangers? Welcome to the plug with Bushy and the Mountain Man. All right, welcome to another episode of the plug with Bushy and the Mountain Man. We are at episode 51. I am Bushy, and with me as always, my co-host, Mountain Man, how you doing? Skeeter Pal, meow meow, wait a minute, are you behind? Wait, wait, oh wait, I forgot, this episode screwed up, it's supposed to be 48, but yeah, now it's 51. Yeah, yeah, well it was supposed to be 49, but yeah, you're still, you're still right, you're half right. <laughs> half right, exactly, well I'm half cocked too, so there you go. Woo-hoo. Outstanding, outstanding, and since you already gave it away, we do have a special guest, because this is an episode... We actually recorded two episodes ago, but my voice never came up in the recording. Uh, come to find out, I ignored the update for the recorder. I'm not ignoring that stuff anymore. I updated the recorder, and we can do three again. So, Mr. John Paired, Ghost with the Most, how you doing, special guest? <laughs> I'm doing uh, pretty good there, Bushy. How you doing? I am not too bad, sir. I am not too bad. Yeah, yeah, you were here, uh, I, maybe it was a month ago, we tried to record this episode. It was actually, it was actually really, I'm glad we're doing it again, because I was real low on data, so we had to kind of rush through, and even though we had some funny moments, I don't think it was going to be the quality that the Plug fans have come to expect, which isn't great, but it's better than we had that time. <laughs> So we're going to try to raise the bar this time. We're going to raise the bar, not lower the bar. Nice. Little, okay, we can't go much lower. Nice little steel panther plug there. And there's a reason I want to say that is because I sent something to Mount Man. He never got back to me. Um, I follow Steel Panther everywhere, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And on Instagram, they had a post up, you know, the backside of the band, looking over the crowd at the end of a show, talking about the haters saying they were going to be a one-and-done but never fear, they are writing material for their fourth studio album. Fourth? Fifth studio Sweet. album. Fifth Sweet. studio album, yeah. So, yeah. I, I had to make that reference real quick. Oh, well, I, whenever I saw that earlier, I was like, okay, now we got a topic to discuss on the show tonight. I am tickled ecstatic. And did you know John didn't know about Steel Panther till I told him about him about uh, four months ago? Really? No, that's not true. I heard of them, but I haven't really heard much of their stuff. Well, what do you think? I mean, they're loads of fun. I think they're pretty cool. Yeah, they're they are not bad at all. It's like Andrew Dice Clay, but with killer '80s metal music. <laughs> with, with more hair. <laughs> lots, lots more hair. Lots more. Well, well, three out of the four guys all wear wigs. 
Yes. Now, see, I didn't know that. Yeah, Michael Starr is the only one that has that hair. However, Satchel, he used to play with this little guy. You um, you might you might know him. He he's in this wicked famous band. They're on tour now. They've been around since the mid late '70s. Oh yeah, Judas Priest, Rob Halford. When he was oh, uh, when he had a band called Fight, uh, Satchel, who was going by his actual name, actually played guitar for uh, Fight. So definitely talented musicians. I'm just I'm just excited that. Uh, that they're going to do a new album. That's- oh, I, I can't wait. I'm ecstatic. If they can top lower the bar, I'll be surprised. But that they've done it every album so far. I I think it'll be easy to top that album. The song that's going to be hard to top is that Wasted Too Much Time. Your song. Yeah, I, I love that tune. <laughs> but enough about that silliness. About that, how's your week? Oh, this has been my long week uh, at work. We're slowing down, so no exciting news to hear about golf carts being stolen or Damn anything it. like that. Let's go around. Uh, no, it's it's been pretty chill week, uh, except for Little Man. I get a picture from my wife, what was it, two days ago? Friday. Friday. Of what looks like a deep cut and a huge bruise on his head. I literally start seeing red, not understanding or knowing why. My wife calls and says, honey, I need to tell you, DJ fell at daycare and hit his head on their cubby, and it's really bruised and really bad. I was like, okay... Now, don't get me wrong. This daycare has done pretty well with our young, and they they take really good care of their kids there, so I can't say nothing against them. Uh, But that right there almost set Mount Man over the edge. Mount Man could have went to jail Friday, but Mount Man kept his cool. Oh, I Um, feel you. I feel (laughs) you. So I go get him, and all the teachers are kissing Mount Man's butt. I don't mean a little bit. They are kissing his butt big time. Oh, Daddy, do you know what happened? Do you know what... Do you, did, did, did your wife talk to you? Yes, she done talked to me. Let me see how bad. Well, when I first got the picture, which I sent to you two, you all saw yes. uh, the little yeah. knot on his head. That's, well, not so little. That's, but. that's a good love, but I got a great joke my grandfather used to tell that I will pass to you after you're done with this story. Oh, okay. Fantastic. Well, they put ice on it, and we had to take DJ right after that anyway to go get his flu shot. So while we was at the doctor, we asked them to check it, and they was looking at it. They's like, just keep an eye on him. He, he might have a concussion because it, it it's huge. I mean, it ain't no little bitty bump. It is huge. Luckily, it's a good dot. Yes. Luckily, what looked like a laceration was only a scratch. It didn't cut deep or nothing. It just scratched the surface of his skin. It's just a really long scratch. Well, so, that's good. That's good. But other than that, other than Mount Man about going to jail, Lil Man being a little crazy, uh, wifey, uh, little mountain lady over here, I'm going to brag on uh, real quick just to throw this out there. As a lot of people know, Mountain Lady is finishing up her degree for early childhood development. Yes. Now, how this woman 
does everything that she has been doing lately because if it wasn't for Mountain Lady, Mountain Man wouldn't be where he's at today because Mountain Lady is my better half, 110%. Oh, let me, let me just Man interrupt you and say I fucking believe that. <laughs> You're exactly right. Um, she is taking four online classes. Now, four online classes for anybody that's with the college knows and understands probably how rough that is. That's just like going to normal class, but having to do it at home. Not only is she doing that, she's taking care of Granny C. She's taking care of Granny E. She is taking care of all of the house stuff, paperwork, all this stuff, running and getting... Plus 90% of the care for Little Man because Mountain Man works graveyard shift, except for on my five days off, I get to help them. So while she's sitting over here, and I know, Nate, you're going to say I'm kissing her ass, but I am because I love this woman that much. I really want her to know how much I appreciate and love everything she does, not only for me, but for this entire family. And her still taking classes and doing her best to make the Dean's List at college. Uh. For my graduation. She, I got my graduation papers today. Sweet! And uh, she just said she got her graduation papers today. She gets to apply for it. She's almost finished. Oh, outstanding. Well, pass on uh, my congratulations. Absolutely. And uh, For sure. I'm not going to bust your balls. Because there's a saying uh, that behind every good man is a great woman. So, mm -hmm. that, so that's why I'm not a good man right now. <laughs> no, that's great for her. We're glad that uh, glad little DJ's doing good. Um, I, I I know exactly how you feel. Um, I I never used to do well with lady when she would get hurt, especially when she was younger. Uh, she cut the bottom of her foot uh, uh, years ago. That just required glue. She sliced her ankle open. Uh, within the last five years, that required three stitches. This summer, she broke her finger and ripped the nail right out of the bed. Um, the worst I ever was is I get a phone call. Her mother and I were still together. And uh, I was at work. So I was selling cars for uh, Davidson Ford at the time. And uh, I get a hysterical phone call from her mother. You got to get home. The veil broke her face. That's all I heard was Nevaeh broke her face, and I was out the door. I was two miles away from work before I realized I, I, didn't, I didn't tell anybody that I was leaving. <laughs> <laughs> so I had to call work, and I'm doing 80 miles an hour over this. Um, we call it going over the hills. It's about a six- or seven-mile stretch. It's going through, uh, I don't really want to call them mountains, but... They're real small mountains. Call them, call them hills, for lack of a better word. It's uh, Route 126 up here in, uh, between Watertown and Carthage, New York. Doing 80 miles an hour in this 55-mile-hour road. And the state troopers love to tell you, them and the sheriffs. And I'm calling work saying, my daughter broke her face. That's the phone call I got. I'm on my way. I'm taking her to the emergency room. I get home, and she does have a nasty bruise on her nose. And a nasty bruise on her chin. She was sliding down a hill. And you know the real hard plastic toboggan sleds? 
Yeah. Her brother popped the back of it so the front came up and hit her in the damn face. <laughs> as soon as I saw her, my blood pressure dropped. I'm like, okay, nothing's broken. I can tell, you know. And, of course, her mother starts apologizing. Oh, I'm sorry. I was just freaking out. I was like, no, I get it because I was having a heart attack the whole way home. She's like, well, you can go back to work. I said, I did not let these guys know I was leaving until I was two miles down the road. We're taking her to the emergency room so that when I go back to work, I have paperwork. <laughs> you know? Right. So so I, I, I obviously know how you feel. Um, the little stupid joke I had to tell you. Now, this is something my grandmother or my grandfather, my papa, would tell me when I was... I don't know, four or five years old. It always just tickled the hell out of me. And when you sent that picture of DJ, I wasn't sure how fresh it was with you, if you had calmed down yet or not. So I left left it alone. But it's about this kid that was named Bump on the Head Jones. Mm-hmm. Okay, and it's because when he was born, he had this big bump on his head. And man, he just... He got picked on and picked on and picked on all the time, all the way through school. He finally got himself a good job. He was doing well, but all the guys at work were still picking on him. So bump on the head Jones. Bump on the head Jones. So he finally got pissed off. And he went and had this damn thing surgically removed. Gets to work after all this surgery. And his head is nice and smooth. Perfect forehead. And he's getting ridiculed and teased. All the guys at work are called a bump off the head Jones. And this goes on forever and he can't take it anymore. So he goes back to the hospital and has the thing surgically put back on. Okay. When he gets back to work, they just started calling him bump back on the head Jones. <laughs> like I said, Pretty much. It's, a, it's a stupid joke. My grandfather used to get me laughing when I was a little kid with that, though. <laughs> John, Wrong special time. guest. <laughs> How was your week? Top that bump on the head, ahead. Yeah, here comes John, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, this guy that we forgot was there. <laughs> uh, no, uh, so far, week's been uh, good. Um, thankfully, I'm feeling better than I was over the weekend. I just got over a nasty little cold. So, yes, ghosts can get colds, but uh, this one's healthy now again. So, life is good. Okay, I, I, I've got to throw this out here because this doesn't make any sense to me. Because I wrote John and said this the other day, but I'm going to bring it up now. Oh, boy. Uh, no offense. A Canadian trying to get rid of the cold is like if a frog had wings, it wouldn't bust its ass every time it jumped. It's not <laughs> logical. That shit don't make sense. Okay, believe it or not, it actually is possible for a Canadian to catch cold. We don't live in igloos. Are you sure? Don't don't, don't live sure. in what? Igloos. Oh, igloos. Okay. Yeah, man. You, you even say that word different. Igloos. It's like what? What? Igloos. <laughs> igloos. Not not a boot. Not a boot. <laughs> you both go to hell and die. <laughs> well, you know, uh, what well, what are your Canadian brethren? Uh, a professional wrestler and a rock star, Chris Jericho. Always wears yep. a scarf, and uh, I forget where he's from exactly. Manitoba. I was going to yeah, say, Winnipeg. Yeah, I was going to say Winnipeg or one of those, but yeah, um, he said that it's a Canadian thing that his mom always said that as long as you wear a scarf, you never get sick, and that's why he always wears one. Maybe it's worked for him. Uh, I'm not. I guess I'm not as fashionable as he is. Maybe that's why I cop cold. I don't know. Nice. 
<laughs> I gotta spend I gotta spend like a thousand dollars on a on a scarf now apparently. So that's my next <laughs> thing to do on my on my bucket list. That's hilarious. When I was in New York City last year, they kept telling me I had to have a scarf to keep the wind off me. I'm like, dude, I live where it gets 30 or 40 below. You guys are down here. I'm not worried about a little bit of wind. <laughs> oh, exactly. Oh, good Lord. Well, glad you're feeling better. I really wanted to rag on you about this whole cold thing because it's just a cold. But then I think men, men, for as tough as we like to be, Boy, won't a silly thing like a cold beat us down. That is sadly. Oh, that's the most ridiculous thing in the world. Glad everything's... I turn into the biggest baby when I get sick, so yeah, I can attest. Oh, yeah, and me too. Me too. I mean, in fact, my week, uh, last week, Lady and I, we were at uh, McDonald's. Now, that was where we went and got our flu shots. I think we discussed this last time, Mountain Man. We had got our flu shots, and uh, the next day I get up, and my nose is full. I hate congestion. I don't mind a hacking cough, but I hate congestion. I hate my nose running all the time. And there are two things in the world that happen with the human body that absolutely piss me off. One is getting the hiccups, and number two is sneezing. The day after that freaking flu shot, I got up, and I mean, I was sneezing every 30 seconds, you know, for like seven or eight sneezes in a row. And then it would Ooh, chill. And then it would start up again, and then it would chill. And then it, it was driving me up the fucking wall. And I, I was just mm-hmm. a bitchin', so <laughs> I understand. And that's, that's why I didn't mess with you. Uh, as far as the rest of the week goes, I've just been out there dropping applications, and um, it's been kind of hard because I haven't had a, a, a cell phone. So um, I had to make some calls today, and you hear, of course, uh, we'll review that application, and I'm going to bother them again tomorrow because that's the way you get jobs anymore. Uh, but barring that, man, not a whole lot has been going on with me. Same old, same old. Um we were going to get right into the subject matter, but uh, I am so floored right now, and actually a little bit emotional, which is weird. It's kind of weird, <laughs> but uh, those of you out there, our listeners, know that myself and the Mountain Man, and hell, even Sin, uh, when he was with us, we're huge and wrestling Ghost. fans. Ghost, Ghost a wrestling fan? I like, yes. I like wrestling. I like, I like more old school wrestling, but some of the new stuff isn't bad. Okay, I got you. I got you. Well, I, I watch Raw every week. I try to watch SmackDown. I get bored. Um, I've actually got Raw on in the background right now. You know, and I turn around and glance at it when it's not my turn to talk. Tonight, Monday Night Raw starts off. Roman Reigns comes out, and he's not in gear, which I thought was weird. He's in jeans and, you know, nice kicks and a T-shirt. You know, his hair done up in his little gay man bun that I hate so much. Carrying mm-hmm. the belt. And uh, he announces that, you know, I swore that I would be, you know, a fighting champion. I would come out here and defend this title. And I thought it was going to lead to him talking shit about the whole angle with, uh, what is it, the uh, the interim general manager, uh, you know, saying he can't defend that title until that next pay-per-view. I thought that's where he was going. 
but he said, right. you guys all know me as Roman Reigns, but hey, my name is Joe. And for 11 years, I've been fighting leukemia, and I beat it. It went into remission, but it's back. And you could hear a pin drop down there in Providence, Rhode Island, in that freaking arena. And my heart actually yes. kind of stopped for a second. Because you're, you're, try, you're trying to judge this, right? I mean, am I right? You're trying to judge this. Is this storyline, or is this real? Yeah. Well, while we were sitting there, Jessica was watching it at that point with me because DJ was about to fall asleep. And when he said, my name's Joe, and I've been, and I've been battling leukemia for 11 years, Jessica goes, oh, my God, is that the truth? Yeah. And I looked on Google, and his name is Joe. Yeah, it's his, it's his middle name because we can't pronounce his first name or his last name. Anali. But, uh, yeah, his name's Joe. He does have leukemia. Uh, it has returned. He had to relinquish the title. And, you know, he's going through this whole bit. He, he did say this is not a retirement speech, which I think is very positive. I He obviously didn't go into a prognosis or anything. I would assume that uh, any athlete, whether it's, you know, professional wrestling, they're, they're still athletes. You know, they're in great shape. Right. I'm sure they're getting regular checkups. And when you have a, excuse me, a history of this, I'm sure he's getting regular blood work, you know, and maybe he started to feel down or something again. And maybe he caught it early and was able to, uh, maybe the prognosis is good, not grim. I, I I have to be honest here, you know, because we're we're pretty honest guys on this show anyway. I mean, we're here to entertain you, but we, we, are, we are honest people. When he left the arena after laying the belt down, which sucks because I'm a, I'm a Roman Reigns fan. So much. But when he walked out of the ring, and Ambrose, and uh, fuck Seth Rollins. Seth Rollins, yeah, when they came out, and they're sitting there hugging him, and you could see Seth Rollins is in full blown tears. Yes. Which caused Roman Reigns to go into tears, and Dean Ambrose, God love him, was holding him back, but you could see him in his eyes. I had him in yeah. my eyes. My eyes were welled up. And I'm sitting there like, oh, no, you can't cry like a bitch in front of your daughter over this. You know, it's TV, you know. Right. And then I immediately got a hold of you guys. I'm like, holy fuck, tell me you're watching. Tell me you're watching. Because I was absolutely shocked and floored by this. You come back to really let you know how much reality has hit the wrestling world again. You had Renee Young, Michael Cole, and uh, Corey Graves. How upset and distraught were they to even speak on this it's like the whole life had come out of the show to open the show yeah um the i don't know if you knew this or not on uh, wwe network on superstar inc uh cory graves and roman reigns talked about how they come up together through NXT and on the outside circuit. So Roman Reigns and Corey Graves are actually best friends as well. I, they're good uh, friends. They're, Who's Renee Young's husband? She said they're... Dean Ambrose. Dean's are... Okay, I thought it might be one of them. So they've been working together for six years as well. Yes, yes. Uh, Renee married Dean uh, while he was out on this last injury. Yeah. Oh, wow. And they got married, everything. See, I don't, I don't keep up with that. If it's not on Total Divas or Total Bellas, I guess I miss it. <laughs> yeah, I said it, John. What are you laughing at? 
Quality programming. Well, wait. <laughs> wait, you said you watched Total Divas. It was on an episode of Total Divas where him and Renee was out on a date meeting her parents. I did not see that episode then. See, it depends uh, on you must what's had too on. Much drink. So, yeah, it depends on what's on at the time, too, because when those shows are on, it's not like with Raw, I make sure it's on and I'm watching. When those other shows are on, if there's absolutely nothing else on television, I'll watch it. But if there's something else on, I'm going to watch, unless I'm playing Call of Duty. Right, right. But uh, what are you guys' thoughts on this, this whole Roman Reigns thing? Go ahead, Gus. Uh, uh, for myself, I mean, it is it is sad. It kind of hits home as well for me because, uh, I mean, and, well, I'm sure we all have, but, I mean, I, I've lost a friend and family to leukemia slash cancer. Uh, the way it actually really hit me is uh, I actually had a, a five-year-old cousin. This is going back a few years now, but uh, at the time, he was diagnosed with leukemia at five years of age. And only, last, and only lived two years, which I think is just an absolute travesty. Oh, when you have wow. a, disease, a disease like that, wiping out a kid who didn't, didn't get a chance to live his life. Sure. So it, it, it really hits home. It's really a, it's, it's unfortunate. I mean, it, it's a disease that doesn't play favorites. It doesn't care who it hits. There's no rhyme or reason. And all I can try to do is actually just uh, whoever actually is affected by it, do your best to be there for them. Right. I mean, I'm not a I'm not going to lie to some big Roman Reigns fan. I'm not a, I, his character. I didn't really care much for, but I do respect his athletic ability and him as a human being in general so well you know it is a, it is a sad it's a sad loss it it sure is and we're hoping he's coming back like i said he he he's he specifically said it's not a retirement thing and he said something to to allude to your point is uh he came out every night and whether you were cheering me or whether you were booing me you responded to me and that's right. made all the difference in the world and i just thought that was amazing yeah, for sure. Yeah, uh, I can attest by because I mean I know I've said it in the past episodes. My daddy, God, we miss him so much. Five years now, uh, passed away from a non-operable cancer. So, completely understand. Uh, I, I get and understand the remission thing. I'm glad that he he 100 was able to overcome it and has a chance to overcome it again. So, definitely thoughts and prayers are going out to him. Sure thing, sure thing, and, and you're both right. Uh, there, I don't think there's anybody on the planet that hasn't been affected in some way. Leukemia specifically caused me to never know my mother's mother. I never met my grandmother. She died of leukemia when she was 53 when my mother was 14. So I never got to meet her. The woman I called grandmother, and because and, she was one of those prim and proper Southern women, the one I was telling John probably in the last episode that didn't record, that I had that old Virginia accent where she would say both and hosts and things like that, kind of like the Canadians do. <laughs> yeah. She was actually not my grandmother. She was my step-grandmother. I didn't know that until shortly before she died. Um, my grandfather, my papa, that I speak so dearly of, prostate cancer. My mom's dad, lung cancer. You know, so it definitely affects us all. Um, it was, I, th I think it was just such a shock. I, I get pumped for Raw every week. And when it's one of your favorite guys, I think it sucks even more. Even though it would have sucked if it was somebody like, I don't know, fucking Gangrel. I don't even like that dude. You know, it sucks. Because cancer's a bitch. Yes. You're absolutely right. We're definitely going to send our uh, thoughts and prayers out to him, his family. 
all of us crazy fucking fans are definitely going to be wishing for his return. Yes. I'm no, curious. Not, pl- no. Go ahead. Oh, go ahead. Oh, no, I was just going to say, uh, oh, excuse me, I'm, I'm curious to know what's going to happen with the belt now, because now we have an empty title holder, and they don't go with that very long in the WWE. Well, that's what I was fixing to say. What's coming up, it was supposed to be Reigns, uh, Braun Strowman, and Brock Lesnar at Crown Jewel. Yes. We've already seen Braun and Lesnar, so are they going to add another person to the mix? Are they going to give Dean Ambrose a shot since he since he has been in that against the two of them? Are they going to... What exactly? I know uh, tonight they're going to do uh, Seth Rollins and Dean Ambrose for the tag team titles. Right. But I don't, uh, I'd don't. i say they'll probably let them have it, but I don't know if they're going to let two-thirds of the Shield carry all the gold on Raw, because they could, and let Dean Ambrose have the big belt since Rollins is the Intercontinental Champion right now. So, right. I mean... That could be possible, but if we're going back to the same Brock Lesnar, Braun Strowman bit, we done already had that match. They're going to have to do something to definitely amp it up. Yeah, I I, I agree. What do you think, John? I like to see him go old school, and this is is definitely going old school, but, uh, I mean, since it's going to be a vacant championship, let's actually do a tournament like they've done in the past. One of my favorite WrestleMania moments was actually when uh, Savage won the championship uh, back in WrestleMania four, when they had that uh, tournament. Oh boy, you are going real old school. I mean, but I mean that would be, I think, a great idea to have. Just, I mean, have a tournament as compared to just, you know, like a, you know, buddy versus buddy for the championship. Let's let's make it interesting. Sure, sure. As opposed to next week having somebody fight for the title and then put it back on the line at the at the uh, pay per view. Exactly. Right. So, so you're saying leave it vacant for another month? Let's leave it vacant. Let's build some hype. Have some different uh, feuds build up. And have them all enter in different brackets for 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 tournaments. I, well, I, I like that idea. I I do too. But since you're saying that, that just got the gears in my head turning. If we if we're gonna do that, the pay, next pay per view after that's Royal Rumble. Do it at the Rumble. Well, you can't leave the title vacant for that long, can you? Seth Rollins and them can make it run and build it up like they done uh, one versus all with Roman Reigns that one year. They done him against everybody to keep his title, and Triple H won it at the end of it. So why not? Man, that's true. That's true. It's uh, it's definitely interesting, and it it almost kind of sucks that we're doing this now. But we understand John's has to be up in the morning, so <laughs> we're kind of relegated <laughs> to staying on his time. And I've got to whip oh, my yeah, head no, around no, 180 no. degrees to even see what the hell's going on on Monday Night Raw. And I can't hear it. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's that's all very interesting. Um, I'll definitely have to be checking the uh, the web page and everything after we're done with this, and you know after tonight's raw to see what they're going to do. Uh, yeah, I, I I can't wait to see what happens. It's it's definitely going to be interesting. Um, it's not like when uh, fuck, I have drawn blanks on names tonight. The first Universal Champion, I like the guy too. The Finn Demon. Balor. Yeah, Finn Balor. Yeah, Finn Balor. I love his demon gimmick. That shit's great. But I wish they'd let him bring that back more full time. I like it more that uh, he doesn't do it much. So, like that last pay-per-view when he came out like that, you're like, holy fuck! <laughs> I, right. I think I like that more. But, you know, he, he had to vacate the title due to injury the day after yeah. winning it. I don't remember it being vacant that long. 
uh, it was vacant for three weeks, I think, till they had the four-person tournament. Kevin Owens won it, I do believe. Gotcha, gotcha. Well, then that's settled. Um, <laughs> settled as far as us wrestling fans go. Uh, like we said, we definitely, you know, you know, hope and pray for the best. And, I, and praise the word I don't use much, but when this kind of thing happens, I use that word. You know, for a quick, speedy recovery and hopefully a, you know, a, a return to the ring for uh, Roman Reigns. But we definitely want to think about his family and his kids, you know, so we will see how all that pans out. I tell you what, let's get into some music and then we'll come back and tell these crazy fucks what we were going to talk about last time we didn't have this show. That sounds great. All right, let's all get right. it done.
This is an unsigned band. Um, it's a guy I met on the PlayStation Network, actually. And he sent me a song, and it's fucking great. The, the band is called Desolate. The song is Pale Gray Skies. Uh, Mountain Man played Bullet for My Valentine, Raising Hell, and Ghost. Mr. John Pear played Judas Priest, Hellbent for Leather. I, I, since we've done this episode before, I was trying to remember the songs. If I remember the next ones coming up, I'm probably going to skip on when, whenever this episode comes up. If I'm correct, we were busting each other's balls. <laughs> it won't be to my third song, sir. <laughs> now, when last John was with us and my voice didn't record, so it's just a whole lot of dead air and you guys talking, which is weird. Um, <laughs> John came up with this great idea. Uh, on, on the previous episode, he had he had guested with us, because um, apparently when Bushy's drunk, he'll, he'll tell somebody to come back next week. <laughs> yeah, didn't learn, did you? No. Didn't learn. Oh, I've learned. I've learned. <laughs> <laughs> but um, you came up with this great idea um, to talk about if you could put together your supergroup, the band you would want to see. What would it be? That really intrigued me. That really intrigued me. What What made you think of that? You know, it's it, it's a funny thing. I mean, you know, musicians uh, groups, you know, individually, they have their pros, their cons, their strengths, their weaknesses, their styles. But you know, you, you kind of think, what What happens if you just pick this person and then put them with that person and with that person? What, what would happen? And that's what just kind of it's that's what came to came to my head. It's, it's a great idea. There have been a lot of good supergroups. A lot of people don't like them. A lot of people do. Um, the one that uh, jumps foremost into my head. Damn Yankees. Yeah, is Dan Yankees. I mean, I know everybody but the fucking drummer, and I'm pretty sure he's huge, too. Yeah. Now, wait, wait, wait. 
how in the hell would me as the mountain man know that about an 80s hair loving man because damn you, Yankees just automatically come up because you remember <laughs> from when we did this show a month ago no actually I just <laughs> jumped in my head because you want to know something funny I was listening to damn Yankees earlier today <laughs> nice nice I mean come on Jack Blaze from Night Ranger Tommy Shaw from Styx Ted Nugent I mean come on and then whoever that drummer is can you take me high enough? Oh, I'm sorry. I won't quit my day job. Oh, great. Whoa. Great. Whoa. Great. No, I love it. I love it. <laughs> uh, Hollywood Vampires is another good super group. Do you remember? Um, I don't know if it, it might have been the 90s. And I'm not sure if it was MTV or if it was VH1. They had a show called Super Group. Do you remember that? Nope. I do, and if I'm correct, that was 98? Man, I don't know. Like I said, 80s I or think 90s. it was 98 because I would have watched that whenever I was little. Little, little. Outstanding. With Mom, and I think it was on MTV. Yeah, I, I, know, I know it was one of those. And John's just quiet, so he doesn't have a clue what we're talking about. Uh, <laughs> I'm clueless. <laughs> well, that's that's most Canadians. What do you expect? Yeah, Who's yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, eat, eat, oh my god, he went a boot. <laughs> eat, eat, eat your fucking cheese curd and gravy on your french fries like the weirdo that you are. Okay, dude, don't judge. They're fantastic. <laughs> anyway, Supergroup was a reality show about uh, four musicians that uh, were trying to put a band together. And I'm, I'm not sure how many episodes it was. And then at the end of the series they put on a show sebastian bach on vocals from uh, skid row ted nugent on lead guitars scott ian of anthrax on rhythm guitars ah man i can never remember evan evan seinfeld i think his name is the bass player and lead vocalist of uh, biohazard and i want to say jason bonham on drums it's a pretty killer lineup it was you know, and uh, if you think about it, those are really diverse musical styles. You have uh, Bach, who, yeah, the Skid Row, the, the debut album, was a little hairy, the singles anyway. But that's kind of what was still popular at the time. Afterwards, they got really, really heavy. Um, right. Ted Nugent, who's just good old Motown rhythm and blues, hard rock and roll. Scott Ian, who's, you know, Anthrax, that's thrash metal. Evan Seinfeld, Biohazard is like thrash metal rap, you know. And then, of course, Jason Bonham is the late, great John Bonham's son, so he's just a straight-ahead rock and roll drummer. You know, it, it worked pretty well, babe, for some pretty exciting television. You know, so this whole idea of supergroups, and, and I'm sure there's countless others. Did I mention Hollywood Vampires? Yes. Yeah, Alice Cooper, Joe Perry, fucking um, Johnny Depp, which is crazy. Johnny Depp played in a band, but hey, Gary Sinise, you know, Lieutenant Dan has a freaking rock and roll band, so what do I know? Lieutenant Dan, you ain't got no legs. Right, and his band is actually called the Lieutenant Dan Band. Yes. <laughs> He's got a guitar. He, he plays his get fed off. <laughs> so super groups um 
how, how do you guys want to handle this? I don't remember how we did it the first time. Do we want to start with the rhythm section? Do we want to start with guitars, vocalists? I think we should say vocalists for last. That way I can save the ridicule to the end of the show. Uh, doesn't matter. Uh, whichever way anybody wants to run with. I think we've done drums, bass, rhythm, lead, uh, lead singer, and backing, and keyboard was in there somewhere. Yeah, yeah. You're talking two episodes ago. We've drank since then. Oh, good God. I'm, I'm drinking now. Well, I'll tell you what. Uh, let's go ahead and start with the rhythm section. And uh, the backbone of every rhythm section is that drummer, John. Goes with the most. All righty. Well, uh, like I uh, picked last time. Uh, hey. The, uh, you got to say it like you're doing it as a surprise. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay, you two get your etch sketch brains. Just shake your head and start all over, okay? <laughs> Anyhow. Ow. That hurt. Ow. <laughs> Hold on, I'm enjoying this. Oh, wrong oh. head. My bad. Okay, that's a whole different show. Anyhow. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm even a cane boy. Of course, you know, I had to pick uh, Neil Peart from Rush. Nice. And, uh, I mean, well, that. I mean, anybody who likes drumming would, I think, would have to say he's one of the best, if not the best, as far as drumming goes. If not, if not the very least, you know, in the top three for sure. Um, sure. Uh, let me see. I mean, he's been, uh, he's also a local boy, too. He actually grew up in uh, Port Luzi, which is actually is part of where my hometown is, in St. Catharines. Oh, nice. So, uh, yeah, he's also a local boy. And, uh,. Besides him, I'd have to, have to go with, uh, I know he's since passed on, but if he could come back, John Bonham. A Led Zeppelin fame. Nice, nice. I mean, I mean, how can you not respect a guy that's nicknamed the Beast on drums? You, you, you'd have to love that. True story. True fucking Agreed. story. Bob, man, who would your drummer be in your super group? Well, well, I've got two of them, and I've got two for every category because I couldn't pick one. But my first one, uh, whenever I was younger and got started into classic rock, heavy metal, uh, this drummer on this one song absolutely 100% intrigued me. And it doesn't matter. I don't care how old you are, where you are. If you hear the drum line of this song, everybody automatically knows who it is, which is not Van Hagar, Van Halen. But I'm gonna have to actually go with Alex Van Halen uh, and him intriguing me with the song "Hot for Teacher." Nice, nice. You know he was in That's both sweet. bands, right? Yes, but still, either <laughs> which, way. Which was still, what was that band called again? No matter what. <clears throat> uh, you, uh, I, I, uh, <laughs> you can uh, say it. It was, it was still Van Halen. <laughs> nah, no, I say Van Halen. Um, Anyway, and this this other drummer, a lot of people don't, well, I'm sure a lot of people do, but a lot of people don't remember, he actually started in another band as a drummer and progressed on in life as a guitarist and singer, Mr. Phil Collins. Oh, bass player, piano player, nice, nice choice. Nice choice. That's actually funny that you say Phil because... Uh, Phil is my in parentheses drummer, Phil Collins. There you go. Because he is an underrated drummer, and a lot of people don't remember that when he was with Genesis before he took over vocals after Gabriel left, 
I believe after Gabriel left. He, I he, think you're right. He, yeah. he was a drummer for the band, you know. Great drummer, solid backbeat, you know. Nothing flashy, nothing spectacular, but could lay it down, get it done. Um, my guy, the not parentheses guy, is kind of the same idea. You know, he was playing rock and roll in a uh, very influential band. Um, basically changed the face of rock and roll in the early mid-70s here in the States. But he was kind of a jazz swing big band drummer. But it worked. It worked. And when he had a chance to lay down a solo, like you could hear and say, oh, Alive 2, you know why I would pick a drummer like Peter Chris to lay down the beats in my super group. Very true. Very true. Absolutely amazing guy. And if you if you go back and listen to Dress to Kill, they shouldn't even call that Kiss. They should call that the Peter Chris Show. <laughs> oh man, moving on to bass, Mountain Man. Well, the, this these two guys that I picked, one passed on, and I think one of them no, is Geezer still alive? Can't remember. Either way, these two guys. Absolutely two of the best slap-based artists in the entire world, in my opinion, for rock and roll. Uh, the first one died too young, uh, in my opinion, with the bus accident, but my uh, top guy would have to be Cliff Burton of Metallica. Nice. And if we're going parentheses, like you said, the other one would have to be Geezer Butler of, Oz of uh, Black Sabbath. Dude, that's sick because that's uh that's actually my my bass player is Geezer Butler. I didn't have a parenthesis for that one. I knew exactly where I was going. Oddly enough, both of you guys. Uh, uh John, you're familiar with Sabbath, yes? Yes. How the hell did we not think of Bill Ward? You know, there's a lot of talent out there. It's you don't really intentionally try to miss somebody, but it happens. Of course it does, because we Hell, I could have easily gone, you know, the Rev from Avenged Sevenfold. I mean, there's lots of great drummers, but I'm looking for a simplistic sound. So I'm thinking more rock and roll, not necessarily metal. Uh, so, yeah, I'm, I'm with the Mountain Man. I'm going Geezer Butler. And uh, to, to elaborate on what Mountain Man was saying, the reason I went Geezer is because in the 70s, when Sabbath came out, you know, a lot of these rock and roll and metal bands, the bass players weren't doing anything really special. Maybe the guy from the Alice Cooper group whose name eludes me. They were just kind of following the guitar with single note picking. Geezer right. was all over the fucking neck. All over the neck. I mean, if you don't believe that, listen to NIB and then shut your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Ghost, your bass player and your perfect super group. Alrighty, well, I've got uh, two, and they're kind of like from total opposite ends of the music universe. Uh, my first one would be uh, Les Claypool from uh, Primus fame. Wow. I mean, wow. Yeah. I mean, the guy's, he's, I mean, I know he's, I mean, he's a slap bass, but I mean, just the way his sound is so unique. I mean, Songs like My Name is Mud or Tommy the Cat. I mean, they're just awesome songs to listen to. They're really fun to drive to. 
Uh, I, I respect his ability. The guy's fantastic. Very, very different stuff when I first heard Primus. It took me a while to get into him. But, yeah. dude, you are so right. You cannot deny that bass playing. No. no. And uh, number two is actually, like I said, not the other side of the world there. Uh, Roger Waters from uh, Pink Floyd. And it's not so much his ability to play bass, which is, is excellent. It's it's not only that, but his songwriting ability, ability as well. Because, I mean, some of the songs he's he's written, I mean, are, are legendary. I mean, they're staples of the musical universe. Sure. Sure. I, fuck, I can't argue with either of those. And again, you know, um, man, honorable mention type stuff comes to my mind. I mean, me being a Kiss fan, why didn't I say Gene Simmons? Because I think he's one of the most underrated bass players out there. But then you got Flea from the Chili Peppers. I hate the Chili Peppers, but holy fuck. <laughs> <laughs> and Victor Wooten, come on now, Bootsy Collins. <laughs> right. So many great so many great musicians out there. I, I really like yours, John. That's that's fucking awesome. Me and Dub are obviously sucking each other's dick. That's awesome. <laughs> that's, uh, that's a weird that's 69 a image, huh? That, that's the next podcast, apparently. Oh, okay. my God. Ed, edit that out. I've had too much to drink. I'm not <laughs> that one. Uh-huh. All right. Let's talk about rhythm guitars, and then we'll get into some more music. Uh, rhythm guitars, I've let you guys go. Um... I'm going to go ahead and take this one. I um, I have no secondary for this either. I knew exactly who I would want laying down those rhythm tracks. There was not a doubt in my mind since 1974, up until he retired. He was the man, the absolute man. No matter which album and which singer... You heard, because this band did have two, well, now three singers, if you count this latest tour. You knew by that sound who the hell you were listening to. And I'm talking about the late great Malcolm Young, ACDC's rhythm guitar player, founding member, brother to lead guitarist Angus Young. He just had a swagger and a way of playing. And I'm sorry, if you're going to have a rock and roll band, I want it to have a dirty fucking sound because rock and roll is dirty. And there is none better than Malcolm Young, in my opinion. Agreed. That's a good call. John, rhythm guitar? All right. Well, I didn't actually say like rhythm guitars. I actually just have guitar, you know, either lead or rhythm kind of bunched together. Sure. But, uh. Originally, I had actually uh, I, I had two Steves, but I decided to pick one out because too many Steves in a band is a bad idea. So, what the fuck kind of logic is that? <laughs> it's, it's a Canadian thing. Um, <laughs> Jesus, put on your scarf and tell us your guitar player. <laughs> what? I said, put on your scarf and tell us your guitar player. <laughs> I'm over my cold, thank you. Uh, <laughs> No, the Steve I kept is uh, is Steve I, and I don't think I need to explain why. I mean, if you've heard his his guitar playing, there's not too many that can actually compete with him. I mean, uh, for the love of God, I think it's one of the best guitar pieces in the world. Oh, oh okay, um, Mount, Mountain Man, I'm I'm gonna stop sucking your dick. I'm about to move on to John now. <laughs> I could not agree more. Uh, 
I'm thinking rhythm guitar so Steve Vai doesn't fit. But I tell you what, for the love of God, you're absolutely right. It's one of the greatest guitar pieces ever written. I oh, love yeah, that right. guy. And oddly enough, there was a poll on Facebook today to go off topic for just a second, but this has to do with what you just said about Vi. Um, somebody had posted uh, after the Sabotage album that, you know, what what are your top five albums as far as production goes? What do you think are the best sounding records? Not that they're the greatest albums in the world or anything. Because Bon Jovi, New Jersey, as far as production goes, made my list for top five. But so does Steve Vai, Passion of Warfare. Yes, sir. Thank you. Oh, that that's the album that For the Love of God came off of, just to help you out. Yeah. <laughs> wait, wait, cut for a second. Wait, wait, wait to leave me hanging. Yeah, blame it on a cut. <laughs> I am going to blame it on a cut. <laughs> my chair that's... probably squeaks. I got to spray it with something. And uh, the Steve I ended up dropping, I dropped uh, Steve Miller, and I decided to actually upgrade and actually uh, go with uh, Joe Walsh. Nice, nice. Eagles. I mean, I, Man, in my mind, any any guitarist that can actually compete with other guitarists to make a band better is always a good, uh, good thing in my mind. And really, how many better outros do you know than Hotel California? Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. You're, you're, right now you're drooling. I know, but like, uh, <laughs> like what? Freebird? I mean, <laughs> I mean, seriously. Yeah. I mean, Joe, Joe Walsh is a guitar genius. Yeah. What I'm thinking of that, I'm thinking uh, Floyd's comfortably numb, Skinner's Freebird, Zeppelin's uh, Stairway, Eagles Hotel. Yeah, I'm with you. Yeah, I am with you. Mountain Man, you're with a guitar player. <laughs> okay. If, if you're done, you, John, you were, took, were you done with you your rhythm choice? You two assholes, because you have already pegged my two guitarists. Uh, this one for his rhythm guitar in Hotel California, Barney Lakin. Uh, nice. That, that, that I can't say anymore. You two already touched on that. And my secondary, Alan Collins, Leonard Skinner with Freebird. You, I, those are two of the songs that is very, very damn hard to top rhythm guitar-wise. Outstanding. Man, that's pretty exciting. We didn't even get to the lead guitar yet. This is beautiful. <laughs> All right. On that note, we're going to get back into some tunes. I heard the burritos out in California could fly higher than the birds. Roger McGuinn had a 12-string guitar It was like nothing I'd ever heard And the eagles flew in from the west coast Like the birds, they were trying to be free While in Texas, the chalk turned out lost Like Willie and Wade and me Nice stands 
Beatles were just the beginning of everything music could be. Just like the stones, I was rolling along like a ship lost out on the sea. And Joplin would die for the future. And Dylan would write poetry. And in Texas, the tongue turned outlaws. Like Willie and Waylon and me. Hey, my name is David Allen Cole, and I'm from Dallas, Texas. They say Texas music's in the make. For the boys in blue and all this small town, he said, she said, ain't it funny how rumors spread like I know something y'all don't know. Man, that talk is getting old. You better mind your business, man. Watch your mouth before I have to knock that loud mouth out. I'm tired of talking, man. Y'all ain't listening. Them old dirt roads is what y'all miss. I'm chilling on a dirt road. Laid back, swerving like I'm George Jones. Smoke rolling out the window. And ice cold beer sitting in the console. Memory late up in the headlights It's got me reminiscing on the good times I'm turning off a real life driving That's right, I'm hitting easy street on my tires I sit back and think about them good old days The way we were raising our southern ways And we like cornbread and biscuits And if it's broke around here, we fix it I can take y'all where you need to go Down to my hood, back in them woods do it different round here, that's right, but we sure do it good and we do it all night. So if you really want to know how it feels to get off the road, trucks and four wheels, jump on in and man, tell your friends we'll raise some hell with a black top in. Chilling on the dirt road, 
All right. Now, you know, it's really funny when, when, when I ask these guys for their music, how much Mountain Man and I sometimes are right there. And then, as you'll find in the next segment, that we're absolutely not. But it's funny how we are. Now, bringing in Ghost with the most is always going to be different because I'm not familiar with everything he likes, although I'm learning. So what you just heard was David Allen Coe, Willie Whalen, and me. Uh, that was from me. The Mountain Man wanted to hear Jason Aldean, Dirt Road Anthem, and Ghost played Ozzy Osbourne from the No More Tears album. Hellraiser, written by who? Another bass player we forgot, Let Me Kill Mister. Yes. Damn. <laughs> we're, we're slacking. Jesus, we suck. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah, here, let me take a sip. Fuck. <laughs> All right, you are listening to The Plug. With Bushy and the Mountain Man, we have our special guest, Ghost with the Most, Mr. John Pear from up there in Canada, where the women never shave their beavers. And uh, we're... <laughs> we are discussing what our, our idea of the perfect supergroup would be. We've gone through yep, the drums, now. we've gone through the bass, we've gone through the rhythm guitar players, and now we are, we're at the point where this is the guy that gets almost as much pussy as a lead singer, if not more, depending on the band. <laughs> we're at lead guitar, Mountain Man, lead guitar player in your perfect super group. <laughs> well, my number one, in my opinion... Nobody can beat this guy. Blues-wise, rock-wise, doesn't matter. I don't care who you are. There might be one other contestant, and I already know it's Bushy's pick, but my number one's going to have to be Mr. Chuck Berry. And on the other side, this man and his brother have both already gone on. Everybody's missing them both right now. This guitarist definitely got took way too young, but died back Daryl. Uh, neither of those are my pick, fucker. No, I said that no one can be about the same as Chuck Berry except for your pick. Oh, I gotcha. I gotcha. Yeah, Chuck Berry was great. I heard he was kind of a dick in person, but man, what a hard-working musician. Innovator. Innovator, especially for that time, late 50s, early 60s. Mr. Ghost. Okay, well, I already kind of uh, had uh, two listed previously, but I'll throw a third one in here just to actually, I guess, be a lead guitar. I'm kind of going going to go in that field here, and I'm going to say uh, Prince. Oh, man. That's sexy as hell. Because, I mean, again, I mean, if you've seen the guy play, you, you know there's pretty much nothing he can't make that guitar do. And, yeah, I mean... <laughs> He's there's not too many people that can equal his talent as far as uh, his guitar goes. Uh, as, uh, as far as musicianship goes. I saw a, a concert goes. of him once uh, with uh, he was playing uh, while my guitar gently weeps. Oh my god! Oh, I was going to ask you about that. Go ahead, go ahead. Go ahead. It was fantastic. <laughs> Holy fuck! With Tom Petty and a whole bunch of other guys, absolutely amazing. Prince awesome. Prince came up on stage and said, "Hey boys," because he had that real high singing voice, but he had that real deep voice. Hey boys, y'all are going to suck my little five foot one inch ass. Watch, watch, watch this real quick. And he killed it. Oh, did he ever? 
He killed it. I, I, I still remember seeing him in them high heels, those spike high heel boots at the Super Bowl with the rain is pouring and he got the purple lights flying and he's doing purple rain and he still killed that guitar solo. I, I do no arguments for me. I have a huge Prince nut swinger. I think he's one of the most underrated guitar players of all time. Because he's just a talented musician. He played, what, 25 instruments or some shit like that? Oh, and, something like that, yeah. Yeah, and you just so. think of his singing and his songwriting ability and his pop knowledge, you know, and his just ability to, to work that genre. But yes, most underrated guitarist all time, Prince. I love that choice. I almost love it more than mine. <laughs> because my lead guitar player, also gone... You guys know I love the blues. Remember, I'm putting together a rock and roll band. The late, great Stevie Ray Vaughan. Good I, call. I think this guy could have held his own in the rhythm portions with Malcolm. But he wouldn't have had to do as much because he would have had Malcolm right there in this super group. So he could have concentrated on all those killer guitar solos. I have... Uh, the Austin City Limits uh, DVD. It's got both of his performances. The one where he was all coked out and the one where he was cleaned up. And I forget which performance it is. But he actually breaks a string. And I think it's his, his high E. Doesn't even miss a beat. Keeps playing his guitar solo. Just moves up the neck on the E, A, D, G, B. On the B string. Just moves up to hit those notes. Absolutely amazing guitar player, hugely innovative. The late, great Albert King said this is the only black dude ever born in a white body. He had that much soul and blues in him. Stevie Ray Vaughan is my lead guitar player. This probably goes more to rhythm. But if you had to choose a keyboard player, somebody to pound those keys. Remember, I like the blues, so I had to add that in. Who, who who would you take as a, a, a as a keyboard player? Someone to back it up on that ivory, man. Pounding that ivory, John. Alrighty, well. Originally, I, I had two, but you know what? I think I'm going to up my game here and actually add a third. Well, aren't you fucking special? I am. I, well, I'm special in many ways, but that's besides the point. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, number one, I'd have to go with uh, John Paul Jones from, uh, from, Ze from Zeppelin. Because, I mean, if you've ever, ever heard No Quarter and hear the, uh, the keyboard and that, it's just something to just, like, it mesmerizes you. Sure. Yeah, you don't want to change the channel. You don't want to, you want to actually turn the volume up. So, I mean, that right there is the reason why I like him on keyboard. Uh, of course, he can play bass as well. But, uh, yeah, that's uh, keyboard for sure. Uh, Rick Wakeman from uh, Yes fame. Uh, I'm not sure if you ever heard Roundabout. I'm sure you have. Roundabout is just what it is it's roundabout it's, it's a crazy song i don't know how they how they wrote that how much drugs they took but damn the keyboard in that is fantastic nice and uh, of course number three sir El sir elton elton john beautiful beautiful great choice fuck and hell elton could back up whoever your vocalist is that's awesome mountain man keyboards well uh accidentally because i think the last time i didn't have a keyboardist and i didn't write it down so i'm going to kind of wing this one uh 
actually, no, I'm not. I know exactly who I would choose. Uh, and John actually just stated his name. Uh, the only man, in my opinion, can sing and play the keyboards both at the same time, Mr. Elton John. <laughs> you know, obviously never heard Bon Jovi. David Bryan could do it. <laughs> but that's not mine. Because Elton John's not the only one that can do it. There's also this guy, he's either from Brooklyn or the Bronx, either way he's from New York, this little Italian guy that's had a long story career. Garth Brooks has covered his work. Hell, Garth Brooks performed his song with him on stage playing the piano, that is the great Billy Joel. Nice. Dude, wouldn't that be awesome? I'm, I, I got like wood over here looking at my super group. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, I don't know if you guys had a saxophonist, because I, I, I like saxophone in my rock and roll. It's something I missed from, like, uh, Huey Lewis from the news and shit like that. Do you guys have a saxophone player? Because I didn't want a whole horn section. I just wanted sax. You can go ahead, but I do not have one. Um, for myself, uh, I'm pretty sure uh, it, it, uh, the guy's name was Cherry uh, Rafferty. Uh, and the one song that he played that was crazy on saxophone was uh, Baker Street. Nice. If, if you ever get a chance to get that song to listen, you'll be, you'll, you won't be, uh, you won't be sorry. Sweet, exactly. sweet. My, uh, my guy was actually Hank the Hurricane Carter uh, from George Thurgood and the Destroyers. Played with them from 1980 to 2003. Uh, never more prevalent than Bad to the Bone. <laughs> You're just amazing saxophone and of course you have the guy from the E Street Band who I believe has passed on um, you know yet Huey Lewis in the news always had saxophone and that's something I missed from rock and roll now last time we recorded this we went to music break now and then came back to reveal our vocalist but I have a surprise for you guys because I couldn't oh, make it that fucking easy for you okay oh, God. so this is what we're going to do I want to know the lead singer of your super group, and then we'll go to music break, and we're going to come back, and I'm going to give you the surprise. So, da da da, the front man, the guy that's going to be belting it out for you, about man, who's it going to be? There's no one like him. They just uh, coming out with a movie about the band. Everybody misses him, and. Wish he was still here. None other, Mr. Freddie Mercury. Oh, I so want to see that movie. Oh, the movie's called Bohemian Rhapsody. It opens November 2nd. Um, and now, our buddy, Ralph Vieira, is scared of this movie. Um, really? Yeah, he thinks it might end up sucking. Now, Mr. Terrence Reardon from the Terrence Reardon and Friends podcast said he bought the soundtrack, and it's absolutely amazing. Ralph a.k.a. Dr. Fuck, from uh, Thrasher Die, Combat, Ripjaw, and uh, Rock and Metal Combat Podcast, says he's afraid that all the best parts are going to be what he's already seen in the trailers. I'm hoping he's not right, because I think this is going to be an amazing film. That's an amazing choice. I love fucking Freddie Mercury. Absolutely love that guy. Ghost! <laughs> all right, uh... <clears throat> For my uh, lead singer, none other than uh, she said his name earlier on the, in the in the show, Rob Halford uh, from uh, Judas Priest. 
Oh, wow. Not, how can you dispute a guy that can have that sort of vocal range? I mean, the notes he can hit basically can essentially shatter glass and shatter eardrums. I mean, the guy is just a, a heavy metal legend. And, yeah, I mean, what, what more can you say about the guy? The guy's phenomenal. He's been around for, like, 40, 50 years now, it seems. Yeah, um, he's been around a while. There's a reason he's called the metal god, and it's not because oh, of he is. His, his clothing choices. No, he is a metal god. And uh, this is my 1B, if I had to actually pick somebody to actually, you know, fill in for him. Uh, Brad Delp from Boston. Sexy. By the way, Boston was on my list of uh, perfect produced albums. Production perfect. <laughs> the debut. <laughs> their, their stuff is fantastic, man. I mean, uh, the guy's got an insane voice. I mean, I, I don't know how he does what he does. And uh, a little personal little side note, I mean, I love the guy. He had a Beatles uh, truly band called Beetlejuice. So, I mean, how can I not, how can I not like the guy? Well, now I hate him. Screw you. <laughs> Drink no, <a> beer. <laughs> I, I love Boston. I, I, I hate Beetlejuice, the, the movie, which is why I hate that reference. Um, I love Boston. I think that first album especially is flawless. Absolutely flawless. And I know we're off topic here again, but hey, Bushy's drinking, and frankly, I'm the MC, so you have to deal with it. But there's something that could be said about a debut record it wasn't it only has like what eight maybe nine songs it, it's not even a 10 song album but there's something that could be said for a record released in what 74 5 i don't remember the exact year but if you go to any classic rock radio station be it internet classic rock mainstream sirius xm on any given day you can hear Every single song off that debut album in rotation. Yes. You're going to hear it at some point. Now, you might have to listen for a week or two weeks or three weeks or a month to hear them all, but you will hear them all in rotation. Yes. That guy's a phenomenal vocalist. Uh, I don't know if you know uh, knew it or not, but uh, Michael Sweet from the Christian metal band Striper was taking over uh, vocal duties for them for quite a while. Nice. Yeah, he was he was singing for him. In fact, when the station uh, fundraiser came up, hosted by uh, the great Dee Snyder, Twisted Sister, Boston performed with uh, Michael Sweet on vocals, and dude, he killed it. He, he could really nail those vocals. So yeah, I, I, I can't argue with that. Now, my, my lead singer of this dirty rock and roll band Really shouldn't be a surprise to anybody. Uh, anybody that knows me, I am on record as saying I think this guy has one of the greatest voices in rock and roll. Wait, wait. If you're going this route, I swear to God, I'm on puke. Well, get your barf bag out, baby. God, no! Because... I not say you about <laughs> <laughs> You're goddamn right. I'm talking about the red rocker himself, Montrose, Van Halen, solo stuff, chicken foot, Sammy Hagar, motherfucker, greatest, man, one of the greatest, fuck, I really love this guy, maybe the greatest rock and roll vocalist all time, my opinion, I don't give a fuck, fuck you haters, he leads. Fuck you too, you're wrong. <laughs> I am not wrong. <laughs> It's an opinion. How could opinion be wrong? <laughs> he, oh, dear God. He fronts 
this great rock and roll band that I put together, my super group. And the other added bonus is he could also play rhythm guitar as well. So, and he could play lead. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna go on record. I need to go see Doctor Fuck. I just caught an STD from you talking that bunch of bullshit. <laughs> oh man! Now this is going to be fun because we're going to get into some music, and I'm gonna come back and fuck you guys up. Roll with the fever on the dance floor.
<laughs> I was ready for this. You're making me think on a Monday? What the hell's wrong with you? I know, that's hilarious. Think on it for a second. Mountain Man, drums. Drums, Alex Van Halen. Bass. Cliff Burton. Rhythm guitar. Bernie Lincoln. Lead. Oh, uh, Chuck Berry. Keyboards. Keyboards, Sir Elton. Vocals. Vocals, Freddie Mercury. Name the band. <sighs> Dirty Fox. For me, drums, Peter Chris, bass, geezer, butler, rhythm guitar, Malcolm Young, lead guitar, Stevie Ray Vaughan, keyboards, the great Billy Joel, saxophone, Hank the Hurricane Carter, vocals, Sammy Hagar, I call the band fucking Armageddon. Mm. Now, is that, is that fucking F-U-C-K or F-U-K-K? <laughs> no, 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 just Armageddon. Okay, just making sure. <laughs> Gotta keep family friendly, you know. Cause it just no, uh, yeah. Cause the plug is obviously family friendly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think uh, Armageddon gives you this idea of impending doom, and I think Peter Chris could pull that off, and Geezer with his fucking bass can absolutely do it. But you still get that dirty, dirty, dirty from Malcolm and Stevie Ray, and even Sammy's vocals, because he doesn't have clean vocals; they're very raspy, which Peter Chris. Uh, Peter Crisp, fucking like a potato chip. Peter Crisp does as well. But you can have the beautiful harmonies from Billy Joel. And you can have that raunchy sax in the background. Man, that's just bringing on the apocalypse. Armageddon. John, name your band. All right, I got it. Chaotic, male eh, chaotic Malevolence. Nice, nice. Sounds like a death metal band. Got a little bit of gur to it. Probably, probably can't even read the fucking logo. <laughs> Looks like a bush. <laughs> oh, but yeah, beaver up the end. I, yeah, okay. Canadian. I got it. I got it. Hey, sound down there, smoothie. <laughs> Mountain Man, name your band. There, uh, there's only one name that can come up for it, and it's our show, The Supergroup. Well, that's the gayest thing ever. I don't give a fuck. Kiss my ass. You made my ears bleed, Sammy Hagar. <laughs> fuck you. All right, so we <laughs> we have just discussed John's supergroup, Chaotic Malevolence, Mountain Man's supergroup, the supergroup, because he's original. And mine, <laughs> Armageddon. This, this is a this has been a lot of fun, John. I want to uh, thank you. For, well, thanks uh, for me, man. No, no, no. Thanks for coming, but thanks for the topic, because that was a lot of fun. And uh, I know for Except a fact... Except for your final choice. God damn it. Oh, blow me. <laughs> he doesn't do requests. I'm not that desperate. You're not that lucky. Don't bring none of that shit down here. I promise you, you will regret it. I'm going to bring you to New York. No kidding. <laughs> How many STDs are you going to give each other? Jeez. All of them. <laughs> See, that's Armageddon right there. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. Because another dream goes up in smoke. Ha! <laughs> wow. It's going to be really funny when you listen back at that place. Another dream goes up in smoke.
<laughs> but no, seriously, that was a great topic. That was a lot of fun. I know for a fact that this recording went a lot better than the last one because the last one I was trying to rush because I was running out of data. Um, I really want to thank you for coming on, John. I will definitely have you back on again. Not next fucking week. <laughs> I don't blame you because, you know, too much meat is obviously a bad thing. So I, I get it. I, I, I know it. I'll start putting cottage cheese in my lasagna if I keep talking to you. Fuck. <laughs> okay, compared to where you currently have your cottage cheese, uh, lasagna is probably a better spot. Believe me. <laughs> For all those STDs that you yeah. have. <laughs> well played, Clitty Litter. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Bob man, do you want to thank our guest as he's got my guts busting over here? Um, yeah, ghost on everything in general, being a friend and just coming on, shooting the shit, having fun with us. We know we're still pod scum, but it's still fun to have you here. Thank you very much, brother. Well, like I said, uh, thanks, guys, for having me on. I always enjoy doing podcasts with you guys. It's always been a, a blast, and I always look forward to it. So thanks for having me on. Oh, you're 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 an excellent guest. You're a lot of fun, and uh, you're quick, you're witty, you respond to us, and that's great because we have, frankly, worked with people that aren't. So yes. <laughs> well, I, I do have a pulse, so that's a good start, right? <laughs> it helps. A good start. It definitely <laughs> helps. All right, Bob, man, anything to promote? Yes, uh, touching on the topic we all talked about earlier, I'm going to throw out there uh, Cancer Research or St. Jude's Children's Hospital, touching on the fact we all three discussed earlier about Roman Reigns. Um, if this is something that touches anybody's hearts or anything at all, please go donate to one of those, either for pediatric uh, cancer care through St. Jude's or go through the American Cancer Society for every single type of cancer to try to help anybody and everybody having to suffer through. Outstanding, outstanding. Uh, John? Um, two things. Uh, one, uh, kind of touching on what uh, Dub said. Uh, yeah, as in regards to uh, the cancer leukemia thing. Uh, basically, you know what? Just make sure we take care of ourselves. You know, always go in for your checkups because you you know, it's always good to have the knowledge and actually know as compared to not know. So, you know, self-help is important. You're exactly right. I got to go to the fucking ER now because of an A. Well, okay, well, that's because you need, to take, you need to take a special pill now to shop because of the STD that you gave me, but that's a different story. I hope you but. get the doctor that has a figure two inches wide. Motherfucker, I'm going to Florida. I'm going to see Dr. Fun. Kiss my ass. Dub's got the doctor with no fingers and uses his tongue. Not that, you know? Doc, I hear Dr. Fuck is girthy. You're in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Go ahead, John. And this just got totally dirty. Wow. <laughs> Damn. I that didn't take didn't want to take that detour. Uh, but, yeah, but seriously, I mean, you know, self-help, take care of each other, take care of ourselves. It's, it's kind of important. And uh, number two, uh, music-wise, uh, I want to promote uh, one of a. Uh, a Canadian guy, Ryan Adams. I'm sure you, you heard of him. He's actually having a concert up here in uh, January of next uh, next year. So looking forward to that. He's going to be uh, playing in my hometown here. Oh, nice, nice. Now we all know that Bushy likes a lot of weird shit. I actually love Brian Adams, so that's awesome. I've never been able to see him. That's awesome. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to check him out uh, next year. It's going to be fantastic. 
Yeah, I, I fucking bet. Take some video. Get it online for us, man. You know it, man. All right. Now, I, I want to promote, uh, promote uh, the American Cancer Society. Per man? What the fuck's per man? Per man. <laughs> That's uh, pro labat. Drink another, I'm I'm taking a sip right now, you some bitch. The American Cancer Society, St. Jude's uh, Children Research, uh, the Shriners Children's Hospital, anything that you could donate to these charities, and, and you know, for children's research, whether it's cancer, adult research for cancer. Or, you know, just these kids that are born with life-threatening uh, diseases and illnesses. If you could reach in, dig down a little bit, and give a couple bucks, it doesn't take a lot. And, hell, I hear if you donate to Shriners, you'll get this adorable teddy bear blanket. So, <laughs> Okay, so maybe that was a classless joke, but I think it's fucking hilarious. I laugh at that kid every time. <laughs> right. He keeps telling me that blanket's adorable, and I'm like, it's stupid. But I hear what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, take the time to donate to the to, to these uh, research facilities because cancer is only one discovery away from being cured. Um, we we have a lot of treatments that could put it into remission. We haven't been able to absolutely beat it down. Uh, same thing with HIV/AIDS. I mean, there was a time HIV was a death sentence. Now you can live another 15, 20 years being HIV positive. Ask the mountain man; he knows. So, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, if you could donate to these things, that would be a great thing. Um, the other thing I want to promote is something that I'm longing to see. The Mountain Man alluded to it earlier. Man, this whole Queen movie, Bohemian Rhapsody, go out there, support this movie. I think it's going to be great. I know some people are skeptical. But Freddie Mercury, amazing frontman, amazing vocalist, musical genius, Go check that movie out. It's going to be a good time. For sure. All right. Let's go ahead and get to the plugs real quick. Hi, this is Mark Olden Taylor from the Freeform Rock Podcast, where we rock and roll all night and party every day. Come check us out on iTunes and Podbean. Thank you very much. Rock and Rollers, if you want a podcast that kicks a lot of ass, Make sure you check out the Terrence Reardon and Friends audiovisual podcast on YouTube. Every week, yours truly looks at a different classic rock or metal album that had a major impact on my life and also in the history of rock and roll in general. And I'm usually joined by a friend or two, and I cover everything from ACDC and the Eagles to Pink Floyd to Rush to The Who and everything in between. But... There is no country music, no Tim McGraw, no Garth fucking Brooks, no rap, no Wu-Tang Clan, no fucking Jay-Z on the show because that shit is frowned upon with this rock and roller. So if you want a kick-ass rock and roll podcast, check out the Terrence Reardon and Friends Audiovisual Podcast. New episodes up every Tuesday exclusively on YouTube. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday! I want to rock! Sunday, Sunday, Sunday! You gotta fight! Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. We've got Bush. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. That's right, bangers. Cold beer, hot women, loud music, and copious amounts of hairspray and spandex. Every Sunday, 9 p.m. Eastern, the Big Bushy Power Hour is the biggest party on that metal station. Stop.
Yeah, that didn't take long because people don't send us fucking plugs, dicks. Come on, guys. <laughs> Get out there. Support the Rock and Metal Combat podcast. Ralph and Ian, I'm waiting for your fucking plug. Uh, support Decibel Geek. Aaron and Chris, I'm waiting for your plug. Uh, Podkist, Zilch, Pop, um, the, uh, Cheap Talk. Come on, Ken Mills, sir. Send me a plug. John Lamoureux with a hustle. Send me a plug. God damn it. <laughs> but check out all those podcasts. Uh, I actually just listened to um, my first episode of Rock and or Roll with uh, BJ Cramp. And I, while I disagree with this guy completely politically, it was a great show. They were talking, and I forget who his guest was, but they were talking about Alice Cooper through the 80s. So if you get a chance, the, the name of that show is called Rock and or Roll. The latest episode is Alice Cooper through the 80s. And it's a great discussion. And then they go down through their top 10 Alice Cooper songs of the 1980s. It's a great episode. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Check that out. Sweet. All right. Nice. Mr. John Pear, Ghost with the Most. Final thoughts? Yes, sir. Final thoughts. Well... Final thought is my beer is empty. I need a refill. Hey, all. I know that was deep. I know. That, that, that was actually awesome. It's, it's actually deeper than my final thought. About man. <laughs> Same as always, brother. Stay sick. Take care of one another. Skitter pal. By God, meow, 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 man, out. See, that's deep. That's the only motherfucker deep here because you know what I say? I say, motherfuckers, five vinyl. We'll see you next time. Hey, this was really fun. We hope you liked it too. Seems like we've just begun when suddenly we're through. Goodbye, goodbye, good friends, goodbye. Cause now it's time to go. But hey, I say, well that's okay. Cause we'll see you very soon, I know. Very soon, I know. What the fuck? Is this shit? This is how we say goodbye on the plug. See you next week. Just because I'm drunk don't mean you're
Bushy the Mountain Man. All music played on the plug belongs to its owner. If you like it, go out and buy it. Get your music on Amazon, iTunes, or your local record store. Support what you love. Support these artists by seeing them live and purchasing their music. The plug with Bushy and the Mountain Man is not affiliated with any of the artists or music we play. Thank you for listening to the plug with Bushy and the Mountain Man, and we'll see you on the next episode.